The following pre-recorded program is brought to you by Wrestling with the Inner Man. Welcome to Wrestling with the Inner Man, because the first fight we face each and every day is a fight with our flesh. Do we listen to our selfish, sinful nature or to divine nature guided by the Holy Spirit? Your host, David Savage, is a product of the West Texas desert and energy industry who recently received the biggest promotion of his life, reporting directly to the top boss, God. We hope you're ready to rumble because wrestling with the inner man begins now. Good evening, WWM listeners. We are now moving into the upperclassmen coursework of our summer school series. 101 and 201 were for all the single ladies, like the Beyonce song says. <laughs> In episode 301 today and 401 next week, we are visiting with women whose men did put a ring on it. How did their husbands go about finding them and winning them for marriage? That is what we are going to find out. We are also going to investigate what they are telling their daughters about courtship and marriage now that they are approaching dating age. My guest today represents, really she's an older millennial. She's not quite Gen X, but because of her age, marital marital status, and her children, I think she uh, fits the bill on what I was trying to get to to represent, you know, among the four ladies. She has been married for 19 years, has two daughters, age 13 and 7. She has her own counseling business called Outstress and serves with me on the board of directors of the Brazos River Authority. She's recently become board-approved supervisor for Texas for the licensed professional counselors and is trying to evolve her practice into a teacher of teachers and, and other counselors. And what I really love about her is her thirsty mind. You know, every time we talk, I learn something new from her. This fetching female is also working to complete her Ph.D. and expand her business's scope of services. So, Helen Jimenez, thank you for agreeing to be on the show and welcome to Wrestling with the Inner Man. Good morning. It's wonderful to be here. I'm honored to be on your show this morning. All right, Helen. Thanks. Well, I'd like our audience to uh, just get to know a little bit about your background as it relates to courtship and marriage. You have this fit and attractive husband, Carlo, who I met through some political involvement before I met you. So how did Carlo find you and what did he do to truly win your heart? Sure, yeah. So Carlo and I met through a mutual friend um, right at the end of high school. And um, one of the things I think that was neat about our relationship is that we we became friends. And so we were friends. He left that summer for the Navy, uh, but we continued to talk regularly on the telephone. And uh, he would visit often because his family was still uh, here in Houston. And so we would see each other, hang out for coffee and, and catch up. Um, and so I think with that being said, another thing that he, he would do is he would send me notes and postcards from wherever his ship had workups. Um, and so that was always really neat. And of course, you know, but not, not in a, we weren't doing it in a romantic way, but in a friendship way, it was nice to be thought of. Yeah. So you were friends first. And then uh, what, what I think, uh, Carl's pretty smart, man. He got mom, he got mom in his corner because you told me when, you know, your mom would check the mail and she would get these postcards and she would kind of go, hmm, I think this boy's pretty interested in you. <laughs> it's nice. Yes, and it's, I, re- I remember. Yes, I remember my, my sister mentioning it too. And 
you know, I would tell her, I said, no, he's just a friend. And uh, my mom would giggle. And that's, that's about all she would say. That's funny. That's cute and sweet. So now you're a Colombian immigrant, correct? Yes, correct. So culturally, um, you know, so how did you grow up? You were raised in the Catholic Church, is that correct? Yeah, so culturally, um, you know, I, I my parents immigrated here when I was in elementary school age, and so I pretty much grew up in Houston. Um, I did, I, we grew up Catholic, and so I would regularly attend the Catholic Church and go to uh, the church camps and regular team meetings and um, with the church. And so, yes, we did. Uh, we grew up Catholic. Carlo was uh, non-denominational, and when we when we started dating, um, we I started attending church with him, and I really enjoyed it. And um, it was very Bible based, and I enjoyed reading the Bible and learning more. Yeah. So you when you started dating Carlo, so you had a boyfriend, right? And and so in in your culture, I mean. You said you began dating or having boyfriends. I, I don't know exactly how to define that, but when you were quite young, you were like 13? Yes. I, I would say, quote, unquote, boyfriends, right? Yeah, yeah. So going through middle school with, with our daughter, and she just had her first boyfriend last year in seventh grade. Um, but, you know, it's it's kind of talking on the phone and um, seeing each other at school, walking each other to class, that kind of thing. But, yes, uh, my... My father was very open with us, and we would sit and, and chat during dinner, and he would ask us about uh, my, my sister and I, when I say us, if, if we were, you know, about our friends, if we were dating anyone. He would then continue to question, how how are they treating you? You know, tell me about their family. What did you learn about their family? Um, and so he, he was very open in that sense. That's good. He did his detective work, like any dad would do yeah. with his beautiful daughters. <laughs> and right, right. and so uh, then you you had a boyfriend when you when you met Carlos. So you were friends first, and I think this is something that I'm trying to pull out of uh, each guest, and that is, you know, when you begin at an early age in your teens, or you're in high school, and you're going to prom and homecoming and things they're really kind of a, a social setting it's more just developing your uh your relationship skills but you're not really searching yet for the one you plan to marry but when you start to get more serious about that you you have a criteria so how did your criteria uh develop and and maybe you could share a little bit about what your criteria was you know what you were looking for and uh sure any red flags that you might have been already like, hey, this is this could be a deal breaker too. Right, sure, sure, absolutely. That's a good question. Um, so again, you know, just going back to right, it kind of family of origin in our family. I come from a family where both sides of my my grandparents were were always married and still married. Right, my my parents um, just celebrated their fortieth year anniversary, and so with that being said, and my father being and, and my mom too, but mainly my father. Um, he would ask, right? Um, tell me about their family, right? What are their are their parents together? Have you? Have, what do you know about their brothers and sisters? Um, and so, I think those kinds of seeds, if you will, being planted, it it makes one an individual to think, right? Wow, how mm-hmm. how are they treating me? What what are they doing? Um, and so, yes, I had a, a boyfriend 
kind of a more serious. I had a, another, I had a boyfriend in high school and then we kind of broke up and then I had a, a serious boyfriend um, kind of that summer of, of high school and then through my, my first year of college. And uh, we, we ended up breaking up, but yes, I did. That also helped evolve my, my values and my self-evaluation of what I was looking for. So you were the one who broke up that relationship. Yes. And so what was it that you said, you know what, it's, it's time to move on. Was it because you already had Carlo kind of in the wings? (laughs) Oh, right. That's, that's what he would say. <laughs> no. Of course. I got to give Carlo a little credit here since I know. Right. No, um, really, I think that we just kind of started back and forth about certain things and it just wasn't fitting for me, um, you know, doing, you know, I, I think I kind of saw it. Wow. If this is now what is, if this continues, what is it going to become? And so um, I, you know, I just ended it. Mm-hmm. Well, um, so now tell us a little bit more. So Carlos in the Navy, you're going to school, you're corresponding, you're you're kind of having this sweet friendship. It's it's evolving, and then you know when did it become more serious and more romantic? Sure. So, like I said, Carlo and I would talk regularly. We were friends, and he would tell me about the people he was dating. And um, so, after my boyfriend and I broke up, um, I think Carlo visited. A short period thereafter, and so he he said that he was interested in kind of seeing me more. And um, by that time, he asked me if I'd go if I was willing to go visit him in Virginia. And so we continued to, to kind of talk and see each other. He continued to visit Houston, and then finally, I went to go visit him in Virginia. Um, and then when we were in Virginia, we um, Let's see. He took me on a visit to the White House, and he had a he had a promise ring for me, and so he told me he'd be going on deployment, and he wanted for for us to become promised to each other, and for me to wait for him. That's and great. I accepted. <laughs> All right. Well, that's very sweet. Yeah, especially when you know he's he's fixing to be out to sea for you know months. Uh, of course, any man always likes to have a girl back home, you know, to have a reason to you know come home and not be lonely. But it's, I think I, you know, because I'm from a military family and I know a lot of military wives when their husbands are gone, it's tough, man. They're, they're being single moms or, you know, even if you, you don't have children yet, you know, you're, you're without your significant other. So that, that's a, a pretty significant step then, you know, your commitment. So, so then he comes back, you're promised you're, which tell us about how that actually functioned like as an engagement and then you, how you got married. Yeah. So that actually went really fast while he was away. Um, I was very zoom focused on school. Um, I always had been. And so, um, I just started taking more classes and then, uh, as we talked regularly throughout his deployment, we just solidified it and basically said, you know what we do, we want to get married. And so then we kind of started planning a wedding and as soon as he got back, he had an engagement ring for me. Um, and then we started we started marital counseling, premarital counseling. And I would say that 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 was one of the the main benefits of of kicking off our marriage because we got to talk about some really tough areas, um, values, and future, and um, some of our goals. So that that really helped. 
So tell me more, you know, you're a counselor now and you, you, you may be doing this for others, but you know, uh, some of the areas that come up are like how many children you want to have, um, whose career might need to be subordinated to the other if, if uh, a relocation is involved. And do you, do you talk about those kinds of things in the marriage counseling that you uh, participated in? Yeah, absolutely. So you talk about family values, talk about some boundaries, financial goals. Um, of course, our, our premarital work was um, it, with the church, so we talked a lot about God and what that meant for our marriage and our family and how we wanted to... If, if we wanted to have kids, um, which we both did, um, how we would raise those kids, how would the how would God come into play? And so that was really important and, and has been I mean, I have to say that that's been the glue and the key to, to our our marriage. Yeah, that's that's really important. You know, you need to have, you know, that that common uh ground as parents, you know, especially, you know, when you're when you're raising your children. That's something that should be uh thoroughly explored before you go ahead and get married. Now, you know, I'm also asking you to represent, you know, this kind of Gen X or the kind of 40-ish, 40-something group of women who, who've been out there and may find themselves single again, or maybe they were very career-focused and have never married. And now, you know, they've uh, they've built a little wealth or maybe they have a home or property. And you and I talked, you know, when we were, how soon should they, uh, if you're dating now at this age, at your age, if you were dating again, how, how soon do you get into asking for things like uh, credit reports? <laughs> yeah, right. Um, you know, I think now um, with the kind of the the accessibility of technology, well, I, I think it's really healthy. Some of these, well, the I know you and I spoke about the different platforms, right? There, right. there are some apps and platforms that kind of cater to more of the good times and fun times as opposed to other platforms that might cater to individuals that are ready to settle. Um, and so I think in those, in that area where that individuals are kind of settled in their life and they're looking for the one to marry, those platforms I'm seeing have a lot more, um, I would call them rigid questions, right? Like what, what your plans are, what your goals are, career goals, family goals, um, you know, spiritual, they talk about lifestyle, fitness. Um, and I think that's really healthy because those are some of the things that Carla and I talked about through that we were made to talk about in premarital work. Right. I think, you know, by this time, I don't know if people like 40 is pretty late to be having kids, but it, you know, if you're ready to get married, you've been around long enough. You kind of know what you want. You want to get serious. You know, it's like, I'm not, I'm not out here just shopping, window shopping here. I'm actually trying things on. I'm trying to, you know, get to uh, a criteria and then and then move on, you know, if I've found something that, uh, you know, isn't going to meet that criteria because I think people are serious. But it seems from the people that I've talked to and then my last guest who was a millennial, she's 32, she's been out there dating for a while, and it's just finding, just finding those other people that have that faith and God that they're looking for and, and a serious level of uh, interest in a more serious relationship is, is really the hardest part. I, I, I don't know what the best ways are uh, to find one another if you are serious. Mm -hmm. got, got any thoughts on that? Yeah, absolutely. So if, for example, if someone, um, you know, in the Christian world, right, if you're looking for, for someone that it is putting God 
right first in their life, um, maybe church groups, small church groups, or even some of the platforms, um, apps or online that cater to Christians. I think that that is, is kind of a good avenue to be able to explore um, that population. Mm-hmm. So you also have a daughter who's 13 now, and that's about when you began. So what kind of uh, do's and don'ts relative to dating are you beginning to discuss with her? Sure. So um, what we, well, you know, I kind of chat with her on a regular basis, and I'm really, again, it's, I'm grateful to God that she enjoys um, talking with me. Um, but I try to tell her a lot about her self-awareness and her self-reflection, right? Um, and and that leads to being able to self-evaluate, right? Mm-hmm. What what her needs look like, what her wants, and not necessarily just for a boyfriend-girlfriend, but our relationships in general, right? As human beings, we all have some some good and not so good. And so what are some negotiables, right? What are some non-negotiables for me? Um, And so hopefully, you know, some of those things are um, getting planted and watered through the years, and, and she's able to kind of or both, we have two daughters, so right. hopefully both of them are able to um, kind of look inwardly and then having, right, a lot of, uh, I think bottom line relationships, forgiveness and acceptance is the key. Yeah, I think knowing yourself is extremely important. I'm glad to hear you say that. And then knowing what you want, actually defining and having a very good idea and picture of what it is that you want. Uh, you know, when you yeah. and I were talking uh you, you suggested I look at this Gottman Institute website, and they have some good marriage material on there. I did that. I found uh, the, the website, folks, if you want to go check it out, is www.gottman.com. And I read a couple of blogs. Uh, the first one was titled Expectations, a Recipe for Disaster or Success. And that's what you were talking about you know, with your daughters. It's like, you know, it's, it's okay. You should have some expectations. Um, sometimes when people are single for a long time, uh, they might have unreasonable expectations, and that's what's kept them single for a long time. Um, but you gave me your own definition of courtship as a process in which individuals are learning about one another and noticing if there's a fit based on values, interests, friendship, partnership, conflict resolution, overall healthy relationship qualities. So the the Gottman article began this way. It says having expectations can be vital in the dating world. While it may be challenging to build your ideal partner in your head and then find them in real life, some expectations can be important. When you understand such expectations, you can allow yourself to eliminate people who don't meet your needs. And that's the thing is you need to be able to move on. And and, uh, and this is what I've noticed with my adult children is you got to be careful when you get sexually intimate early in a relationship, which is a real problem today for people, then it's harder to break up. Even when you know you, you've, you've identified, oh, there's the red flag, need to be moving on, and then they don't. And I think that's, that's a real caution that we need to put out there. Um, so what are your thoughts on the importance of, uh, of knowing what you're looking for? Yeah, I think that that's really, really important. As I said, you know, we we try to cultivate that environment um, here at home just with some self-reflection, self-evaluation, of course, keeping, you know, as Christians, keeping God. um, And we try to, you know, just teach them, love God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and and He'll guide you, 
right? Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, kind of exploring oneself and knowing uh, some of those areas, right? Because we all have family of origin and we all have our different values as humans that we bring into this relationship. Um, and so if you don't know what your needs or what your strengths or what even what that looks like, right, then h- how do you communicate that with the other person? Um, because that that's a whole other big compo- component of the relationship, right, is being able to communicate. Yeah. Well, let's say you do know what you're you're looking for, and then you're, you're a woman, and at your age, this other Gottman article was titled uh, Keeping Up Hope While Dating, and because let's say you know what you want, but you just this this gentleman that you're with, just this avoidance of commitment, this failure to launch a situation, you know, like the movie that Matthew McConaughey was in. You know, at what point do the women just have to say, I'm going to move on. This guy's just never going to pull the trigger. He's just keeps stringing me along. And and then, you know, you get into this kind of hopelessness. It's not that your expectations are unreasonable. It's just that there's a lot of men out there that unfortunately probably have been raised in families of divorce and are very commitment averse. Do you got any advice on how to either, you know, get them to make some kind of a commitment or, or you just say, okay, well, I'm ready to move on and, and then kind of force their hand or, or just, you know, don't look back. Right. Well, so one part, I think you, you kind of answered the question of at what point, right? And mm-hmm. I think that's where, that's the answer, right? That's where the self-evaluation comes in. What's my limit? Mm-hmm. And and so each human being is different on, on what that looks like. The other part of it is, um, can we force them? Well, the simple answer is no. It's humanly impossible to control other human beings. So when you kind of determine what your limits are, right, you know how to set your own boundaries and how do I protect the person I want to be, mm-hmm. right? What does that look like? And so what can I do for myself? And so here you are yourself again, back back to Helen Jimenez, uh, raising girls, busy career, working on your PhD, husband, you know, uh, advancing in his career. How do you nurture and sustain your marriage now so that when your children are, when you have left home, you know, you're not strangers to one another? Sure. Well, Carlo and I continue to date each other. Um, we really enjoy salsa dancing together. Uh, we go for regular walks around the neighborhood in the evenings. We'll, we'll do a few miles together. Um, and and we kind of support each other's different interests, right? If, if it's something in the community or else if it's an interesting article, we'll kind of look at it, give each other input. And so I think that that's really, really important, right? Because, yes, at the end of the day, the, the kids won't be here, and um, he's stuck with me, right? So I've got to make <laughs> yeah. sure he likes it. He's not stuck with you. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's just whether you know one another, you're looking there and who is that other person? So, okay. Well, that's about all the time we have for uh, today. I want to thank you again for uh, agreeing to be on the show. Any, any last minute comment? Um, I think as Christians again, right. Just be God with all your heart, mind and soul. Um, And other religions or in other aspects that, anybody might have. I think that just, again, right, kind of holding true to oneself um, and forgiveness and acceptance. Perfect. Perfect. Well, I want to thank our sponsor, Prism Specialties. They're in the restoration business. You know, when you have lightning strikes or 
uh, other problems where there could be flooding in your home. They can restore your electronics, textiles, artwork that may have been damaged. And, you know, they're just terrific because they're in the restoration business. And if you got any questions about the show, email me at wrestlingwiththeinnerman at gmail.com. And I just want to lift up a quick prayer. Dear Lord, thank you for Helen and for all the ladies that have been on the show and for helping us understand that communication is essential. But everyone has said the same thing, and that is that you have to be at the center. Lord, we need you because you represent love. And we just ask that as people who are out there searching for love would find you first, and then the cord of three strands cannot be easily broken. In Christ's name, amen. AM 1070, The Answer, Wrestling with the Inner Man. Thanks for listening to Wrestling with the Inner Man with David Savage. For more information, reach out to David at wrestlingwiththeinnerman at gmail.com. That's wrestlingwiththeinnerman at gmail.com. Tune in next time as Wrestling with the Inner Man tackles more tough topics to train up a generation of better men.